Hi, everyone, and happy Thursday. This is Pop Culture Mondays on Thursdays, and I'm your host, Brooke Hammerling. Pop Culture Welcome back, my darlings. This is episode 46, and a lot has happened since episode 45, so we're going to get into it. And we have a favorite guest of mine, somebody who you guys, if you've been listening to the pod, know well, either from her being a guest multiple times or multiple references I make. And that is my dear friend, Britt Morgan Sachs, coming to us all the way from Jacksonville, Florida. And Britt is the founder and CEO of a company called June. And it is a private members club that is unique in many, many ways that's going to be opening in Jacksonville. And we've got you today, Britt. We got you again. Thank you for having me. I I hope everyone isn't sick of me. I hope you're not sick of me because we've just spent some more time together. Lucky us. Yeah. I mean, Britt and I are besties. We live together in lived in the same city in New York and have been friends and spent a lot of time together in New York. We would always be in each other's homes and we had dinners all the time. And it was just like the loveliness of being friends in the same city. And then during COVID, uh, as many of you guys have heard this story before, but I moved to LA and Britt moved to Jacksonville with her family. And, you know, friendships, they they are incredible if they are the right type of friendship. Sometimes people move into different directions and friendships fade, but I have been very fortunate to have more time with you, Britt. Like somehow we were just in Austin. We spend more time (laughs) together now. We were just in Austin together, which we're going to talk about South by Southwest. And we were in, you know, previously just a couple of weeks ago in Jamaica together at GoldenEye. And what I think is so funny is you have fans from the web, from the podcast. I do. Yeah. You received a gift at the hotel hand delivered in Austin at the Four Seasons Hotel from a old friend of mine and a longtime listener, Leanne, who... I was like, how does Leanne know Brit? She left this care package for you at the hotel. And I I have to get your phone number. Thank you so much. That was incredible. It's really just the halo effect of of being, I'm cool by osmosis. Like, let's be honest. I don't know. I was like, I'm not getting fucking fan (laughs) gifts. There was a gift bag. It had like, it was beautifully written out on 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 the bag. There were stickers on it. It was filled with yummy, delicious snacks and a beautiful book. And Leanne has never met Brit, but has listened to Brit through this podcast and has this uh, connection to her now. And so like you have fans. I I mean, this is amazing. Hello to all my fans. Thank you for having me back. You're welcome. (laughs) Um, And uh, no, that was incredibly kind. And thank you, Leanne. And I hope to meet you. And, you know, I guess, Brooke, you've you've given so many people a platform. So. (laughs) Oh, stop. But wait, you're wearing this Anina. You're wearing this Anina Bang sweatshirt. So I, and it, I am wearing this fantastic, is it a, it's a Nina Bang, right? Uh, yes. Sweatshirt, which is a fantastic brand. And it and says, tell us what it, it says. It says Los Angeles is a myth. And I find it, you know, I thought I was so <laughs> clever um, because while I do actually love Los Angeles, you know, my belief is that there is cool coolness and interesting things going on throughout the US. And so this is just my very fashionable, you know, statement um, around around that thesis. So 
Well, your premise is that these we people might refer to them as second cities, but you refer to them as emerging gateway cities EGCs. in Jacksonville. <laughs> EGCs and and you're all the Vils. And it's so interesting because I was I I was like really have been trying to get uh Brit to LA. Um, we all let many of us have CC Jody. We've all been trying to get you to LA and you're really leaning into this Jacksonville. But when you tell people the pitch for the June, you see people light up and people say, my God, this is totally correct. Like we want one in Nashville. We want one in Louisville or St. Louis or whatnot. Yeah. All, I, there's just been a, a, I love it. Thank you. I mean, there's been a, you know, really significant demographic shift, um, happening throughout the U S that was, you know, certainly, COVID uh, had a lot to do with that. And, and people have realized that they can have, you know, a big life in, in smaller cities. And I am certainly, you know, I guess uh, the perfect test case for that. And I'm just, you know, I'm, I want to scale my own experience. Um, and I've had a wonderful time here. And I want to be a, you know, a beacon for, for other people like, like me who are moving from these big cities and, you know, want to have, have a full life and to sort of become the, you know, cultural hub for the, you know, the hub for the sort of business and cultural vanguard that's moving throughout the U.S. And so, right, right. It's exciting. And I mean, and quality of life is important. We've important. all started to recognize mm-hmm. that. And being able to live in a city that is, or in, in an area that is more conducive to yeah. a lifestyle, whether it's from, you get more space, you get quality of life, you get all those things, but you don't want to but you don't want to miss out on the things that you did love about the experiences of living in big cities. And that's the sort of that, that community. I mean, I, as I've talked about on this podcast, like one of the beacons for me in coming to Los Angeles is the San Vicente bungalows and what Jeff Klein built there and being able to congregate and have community and meet new people and have a a place that is like, you know, I don't have to think about it. I go there for lunch. Just, it's my spot. It's my spot. And, Mm -hmm. And we shouldn't, that shouldn't just be afforded to the people who live in the big cities. So it's amazing what you're doing. I'm so excited. If anybody has questions about the June or is interested in investing, (laughs) you know, hit me up, hit me up on the email, the Twitter, the Instagram, send out a carrier pigeon, whatnot. You're going to get me to Jacksonville. I am going to get, not only am I going to get you to Jacksonville, you're going to love it. So, you know, my, yeah, I mean, listen, you're coming. I'm a Florida girl. I I love Florida. Despite it's, you know, right now it's horrible politics mm-hmm. and it's, um, it's challenging, you know, unbelievable. Uh, uh, how do I even say what's going on with the book bans and it all of the lot. stuff? But well, listen, but, you know, the more people that are there to fight the fight, the better. This this black Jewish New Yorker. <laughs> okay. True story is, is making making a difference here, and the and the great thing is that um, I'm not the only one. There are so many people who are like minded, and um, you know my general belief is, and Brooke, we we both do this. I think we both have the superpower, is that we're able to connect people. We're able to connect two people pretty easily, and you know my belief is that your people, your tribe, they can be anywhere, and that they are everywhere. You just have to find them. And so because that's the thing that I do well, um, you know, hopefully we'll be able to do that for a lot of people throughout these cities. Well, yeah. And, you know, speaking of these cities, Austin. And so Britt and I just got back from Austin and I have been going to Austin to specifically to South by Southwest for, I mean, 15, 18 something years. And when I first started going, Austin, most people listening will not find this new information, but maybe you will. Austin was a very cool college town. 
it was by no means a center of a universe type place. There were no company headquarters, at least in our industry in tech. It was still felt like a, a small, slow mm-hmm. Texas town, a liberal enclave, if you will, in a conservative state, but really cool on the water has the, is it lake? Is it a river? I don't even know. Lots of body, bats. Body it's body a beautiful unbelievable food. Let's just start there. Like even, even back then the food from the barbecue, the brisket, I mean, the tacos, the, it was always really, really fun, but there has been a real shift in Austin that we've been seeing. And I'm sure South by played a big part of it. And in South by has this really special place in my heart for a variety of reasons. I mean, we had unbelievable work experiences there for South by our group me, for example, group me launch, which was the first real group messaging app really came into the fold in South by the, the service itself existed, but we launched the app, which was back in the day, it was just SMS texting. And then they launched the app. We had this amazing marketing experience for GroupMe that has been written about, but it was this GroupMe grill and it was this perfectly located little hut across the street from the convention center that we converted into a community feeling kind of place with a grill that was set up to serve free grilled cheese and Scheinerbach beer. If you showed us that you had the app. If you downloaded the new app or you were using the app, then you were able to get a free grilled cheese and beer. The grilled cheese was branded with a GroupMe logo, which was called Poundy. (laughs) And there's so many, but it went crazy. It was so wild. And if people, if all those big marketers of big companies knew how little we spent on that um, to win basically the hearts and minds of South by, and I think this was like 13 years ago or something. It was incredible. And we created this place, a community, because it was a meeting ground. Everybody said, I'll meet you at the group me grill. We offered tables. We offered Wi-Fi and plugs for people to recharge. We offered a place for them to sit and congregate and free food and free beer. And it was just wild. But now that space, I don't even like, even if it exists, which I think it does in a different kind of format, it would be hundreds of thousands of dollars to get that oh, yeah. space. And and back then we, we had a budget that would make you cry. It was <laughs> so small. And it just shows that when you have something that really works, the impact can be great. It's not about throwing money at it, but it also has a special place in my heart because it was when South by was canceled in March oh, right. of 2020, when I realized that this thing was going to be a big deal. I, I had, you know, been sort of in denial about what this COVID thing was, what we were hearing about coronavirus. And when they made the decision to cancel South by the amount, amount of complexities that, you know, mm. put in, when you think about it, how many people from around the world come in, how many speakers are coming in the organization, all of that to just be canceled was really bone chilling. And that's when I I recognized, holy shit, we're in this really weird moment. And I had not been back to Austin since 2019. And being there this week, and by the way, South by was on fire. The new ownership is Jay Penske and the Penske Media Group. They own like Rolling Stone now and Variety and so many of these different uh, media outlets, but they bought South by and they turned it into it's sort of the OG South by it's not, it was, I think South by got to the point of where it was huge artists, right? It used to be a place where new acts broke where new talent broke. And you were part of that back in your early music days. I was, and I actually was part of sort of two versions of it. Right. So I went, gosh, in mid two thousands when I was an A&R, I was a music publisher at Sony. Um, and then I went back early days at Spotify and 
it still felt like not as big as it got. But I think the last time I was there in a sort of creative music exec, you know, Spotify sort of music meaning tech capacity was at Spotify. Um, and we, I actually produced two big shows. It was first year we did um, ASAP Rocky, um, which I which I helped to produce that. And, and he then, wasn't known then. No, he wasn't no, very it was, known it was yet. Like, it was his first yeah. big South by show. And, and one of his first big show, like in general. And then the next year I did Kendrick Lamar. And I mean, it was a, it was a really big deal. And I think at the time we got him like his biggest sort of like performance fee to date, but that was unbelievable. Unbelievable. And then well, South by, because the way that it was meant to be, it was a festival. So like new art, yes, new right. acts would come and play in like yep. different places and people would discover that. And then it got to the point of this became sort of like a can lions, if you will, where big That's brands right. were coming in and spending gazillions of dollars to bring in. Like, I, I don't know if in my brain, it was like Jay-Z performed once Snoop Dogg performed like the huge, huge acts. And it would be the brands like a Spotify right. or a Facebook or whatnot, Snapchat, any of those companies would come in and spend a, a, an obscene amount of money. And then it wasn't open to the public. It was an invite only experience. And so you had these sort of two worlds going on, the people that had wristbands and were going to the conference and then others who got the, may not even be going to the conference, but were guests of the brand and able to go and yep. benefit from all those big parties. And I think that that was great. It was fun, but it also just became, you know, like to what end it was just about, it was just about marketing and spending brand, all that money. Placement. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And now and it less was about like, discovery, less about discovery and that sort of grittiness. And it felt more yeah, like Ken Lyons or like Coachella almost. Yeah, it, yeah, indeed. And now it's like, what's so interesting is that South by is a little bit more to its roots. I mean, mm -hmm. not to say it was small, it was big, it was ginormous. There was so many things. Movies were premiering there. Music was premiering there. There were technology people were there, but it just felt more back to its roots where it was more of a festival as opposed to a big corporate sort of overlord of things. But mm -hmm. at the same time, where this is really ironic is that Austin is eight times the city that it was. And we have all heard the stories about how many people moved there during the pandemic, but even more so, like Oracle has moved their headquarters there. You have a venture capitalist, like 8VC has their big office right on South Congress. South Congress, I mean, <laughs> that was a place that would be like the really cool groovy spot that only the cool people would sort of cross the bridge and go to. And Soho House. Now there is a Soho House there. Sweet Green, Love Shack Fancy. <laughs> You name it, we got it. <laughs> it was every, I mean, it was a whole complex of, of, yeah. I mean, and for whether, for whether you like that or not, it's just certainly shows that this city that nobody ever thought would become this sort of mainstay of, of attraction of, of big companies and people who've moved their lives and they have, you know, every single thing that you would get in a big city or in LA or New York, everything is there. And the fact that Soho house was there and, and big, like 45 rooms. I mean, it is, the city is on fire and the restaurants there. Ooh, can we talk about, can we just, yeah, Jason Hirschhorn, by the way, was oh, the first person that, to recommend Hestia. And then that is a good meal, man. That was good. You got to talk about this meal for a second. Cause, cause 
that was probably loud. It was the clap. Yeah. So just to give you guys, like when we arrived in Austin, it was really hot. It got really cold, but it was really hot. We had been recommended again. Jason Hirschhorn was the first to tell us to go to Hestia. And we were fortunate to get a reservation. And we walked into this room and I'm not even joking. If any of you have seen the menu, you will understand. If you haven't seen the menu, I insist all of you go and see it. It is an insane movie. Ray Fiennes. Like, it's just unbelievable. But the premise is this sort of avant-garde. I think it was meant to be like Noma, that kind of thing. But the the avant-garde restaurant you have to take a boat to. And it's all very industrial and open and sort of cold feeling with the kitchen in the center and uh, like on a platform with the open kitchen and the fire and everybody sitting there. A lot of theater and everybody's sitting around sort of the the theater being the chef and his team cooking and preparing. And these meals would be a tasting menu coming out and they would say things like, you know, I, I'm, I'm not quoting, but just say things like this is supposed to conjure up the feeling of like a cold winter's day while you're homesick from school and blah, blah, blah. You know, that kind of experience. You're good at this. So you, we, you should open a restaurant. So That's we good. get there and, you know, it was this crazy storm was happening, a lightning strike. There was wind it was very dramatic and we were seated in this sort of you know this table directly across from the big open kitchen with all of these people saying yes chef chef this and I'm like this is crazy and we get our martinis and then the um host comes over the I guess it was our our server but he says welcome have you been here before and then he explains what the name is Hestia and it's this you know the the goddess of I think it was like the hearth the hearth and the home. So we started explaining this in the most, you know, menu style way. And all of a sudden I looked at him and I said, are we going to die tonight? And he, spoiler, had, spoiler alert. <laughs> yeah. Spoiler alert. If you haven't seen the movie, I was like, are we going to die tonight? And the funniest thing is that the, he needed no context. He knew exactly what I was talking about. <laughs> and Rebecca well, and you at different times, both did the clap, which was to indicate that was, you know, what was happening in the movie. But we were, we did the tasting menu and the, and it was so funny cause it was exactly like the movie. I mean, it was like, we have this like scallop wrapped in That's this so foam and this and that. And I will say, I like the main character in the movie. I am a cheeseburger girl. Just give me a fucking good cheeseburger. But this meal was remarkable and the service it was, was remarkable. remarkable. And it didn't feel like it was sort of avant-garde, but it didn't feel overly stuffy like there wasn't a lot was of substantial foam. there was not a lot of foam and brooke learned that i do not like trout roe and i felt you don't really like roe really of any you don't like caviar it's really. so bizarre to me it's it's yeah, well, a cape cod potato chip with a little sour cream and that caviar do. that's good because the crunch the crunch works yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. The, the waiter was horrified because brick kept like trying to scoop the certain things out and I'm, certain, like, I'm definitely dying. And yeah, I was like, you're going to die. I don't know you. It was so embarrassing. No, it was not. It was perfect, but he was horrified. It was, they kept trying to accommodate and it was very funny. But if you go to Austin, go to Hestia for a really great cultural dining experience, but also like I, the barbecue, the brisket, it was unbelievable what I experienced. I mean, I walked to a place, I think it was called Oh God. I don't know, but you remember you said it was several miles to get it. I'm like, well, if you're going to go to barbecue, 
walk several miles to it. It was Terry Black's barbecue and all of the food like blogs told me this was the place. And I have been to some of the other places that I don't think like Ironworks and Salt Lake, which are not my favorites. I was there just there. So I went by myself to Terry Black's, like stood in the line, got a tray. I asked some of the guys, I'm like, what's the order? And I'm always a ribs girl, but I did the brisket. You told me get the Burnt ends, girl. I got burnt ends. And then there was either the lean brisket or the, I'm saying our least favorite word, moist brisket. Is that how they described it? They said, do you want moist brisket or lean brisket? And I was like, I want both briskets (laughs) and I want the burnt ends. Cause my friend told me that and they were like, obviously you get the burnt ends. So it was magical. Anyway, I could go on and on, but Austin is unbelievable. It was popping. I mean, some people might miss the oldness of uh, the less built up. I mean, the buildings are everywhere on the horizon popping up. It is no longer just a college town It's a center of industry. A lot of companies have moved there. A lot of people have moved there and we ended up at a party. I was co-hosting with some amazing people and, and thanks to Jay Penske for being the host with the most on that. And we, we did our poker experience and I'm not going to get into details because that is confidential, but we had a really great time and we had men and women there playing poker and socializing around each other and learning more, a lot of local Austin uh, entrepreneurs and founders and a lot of people coming in and hearing about their life in Austin and how great it is. And Again, same concept as Austin, I mean, as Jacksonville, which is to, you know, take this emerging city and turn it into a microcosm of, you know, culture and diversity and all of that. I often say that I think Jax is the, has the potential to be the Austin of Florida. So yeah, I think you are right. Working on that just for you. So you come, come down all the time and yeah. Well now speaking of music though, I don't know. I wonder if Taylor Swift ever did South by, I don't feel like that was her jam. I doubt it. Cause she's more of a, like, it's more of a show show, but I may be wrong. If you guys know, I don't know if Taylor Swift, I mean, she's a, she started in the country world. So she did actually, I used to, I used to shout out to, to, to Jody Gerson. She used to, uh, I don't know if she publishes her now, but when I was at Sony ATV, when, when Jody was the president of Sony ATV, Taylor Swift was one of our top writers. Well, Taylor Swift is, you know, never out of the news cycle for long. She does a very good job. We've all seen her grow up. We've all seen her break up with many boys that become songs, but she's evolved into an incredible, you know, diverse songwriter. I think it's pop. It, she had a bit of country. She, she, uh, she is magical at understanding her fan base and understanding how to thread the needle of things from like 15 years ago to the present day. So everybody's following her stories. They call them Easter eggs. They, she leaves them in videos and in songs and a song from 2023 will reference a line from like 2016 and the fans go crazy. She also has been able to navigate the emergence of social media uh, as it will certainly TikTok as a way of being paramount to artists today. We know what happened with her and her music when somebody sold the rights to her music away from her and she then showed everybody and re-recorded all the music because they own the rights to those recordings. But if you re-record, which is a lot of work and a lot of money, but she has tripled her income as a result. And she she's broken records left and right, which I think she's wanted to do. Let's be clear. I think mm-hmm. that's been part of the goal too. And she kicked off her Eras tour this weekend in Glendale, Arizona. I 
always fascinated by what what is the decision process for the first city of a big tour like that? I remember when U2 kicked off one of their tours, they started, this was a few years ago, they kicked off in Tulsa, Oklahoma, and I happened to be there mm. for, I didn't happen to be there. I was there for that with mm-hmm. working with them on something. And, you know, the understanding that I learned from the band was that they chose Tulsa specifically because this was like right in the heart of Trump presidency. Mm. And Oklahoma was incredibly red, but Tulsa had been, Blue Tulsa's and cool. Tulsa, been there recently. right? And I, I was at, an, I was there recently for a wedding. Tulsa is like Austin, like Jacksonville, these sort of diverse liberal cities in big conservative states. So it was a real purposeful. So I don't know if there was purpose behind launching in the tour in Glendale, but as we talked about in the newsletter, and if you haven't seen this or read this, this is an unbelievable show. And I'm going to say, I want your, your honest answer because I'm concerned for Taylor. So here's the deal. (laughs) She has, she is touring all the way through till I think August or something. She ends in LA. She's doing, granted, she does take a few day breaks in between. It's not like she's doing a show like the rock and roll world where they would just do a city every day, but she performed for a full three hours and 15 minutes. She performed 44 songs. Like to put it into perspective, Harry Styles, who we went to together and talked about on Mm -hmm. this podcast, did like, I think 21 songs. I don't think Harry Styles has 44 songs, but Bruce Springsteen played like, you know, 26 songs, like 44 songs is insane. That's three hours and 15 minutes. She did something like 16 costume changes. We even have JJ Watt, who I have been informed. I did not know this when I actually shared his TikTok in my newsletter, but I've been informed by my amazing producer, David, that he is a former football player for the Arizona Cardinals, going to be a Hall of Famer one day, just retired. And not only is he a pro football player or was a pro football player? He is known for his physicality. He takes it to the next level. He works out just like all NFL players, but then pushes it and works out an extra hour. He is known for the amount of work he puts into staying physically strong. I went to the Taylor Swift concert last night. First off, you can tell when somebody does something at the top of their game and is trying to do the right way for their fans. It was three hours and 15 minutes long and she did not stop the whole time and she was singing dancing the entire time and she didn't even look tired i was tired and i was just sitting there just the sheer mental physical emotional toll that this has to take on your body to be able to go out there and do that night after night after night it was thoroughly impressive so Swifty life. Now think this TikTok even means a lot more to me and to us than it did when I first saw it. You also had amazing opening acts. I think that was um, uh, a big part of it and they played. So all in all, the show was five hours. So think Whoa. about what that, you know, the ticket holder is getting a lot. I know there's been lots of talk about They're getting value. The, the ticketing and so forth. Worth. I work with Live Nation and Ticketmaster. I I, uh, I love them. I think there's some misunderstandings about all of the ticket pricing and who sets what. But the point of the matter is people certainly got their value for, I mean, a five hour show and unbelievable special effects. And now there's like, if you saw the video, she dives, she dives under the stage. And I can only imagine what that setup is. Like, I hope she's diving into like a beautiful, like <laughs> sea foam of something, but then the, the stage makes it look like she's swimming, swimming? under the stage for like that. three minutes, which is, I think when she's probably doing her costume change and then ends up, she, it's incredible. She also incorporated a, 
dance that was popular on TikTok, which made all the TikTokers really excited because they saw that she was, you know, aware of the bejeweled dance. Mm-hmm. I heard from our sweet Shawnee Hilton over at the LA Times. She's like, I literally cried when I saw her do the bejeweled <laughs> dance. Like, it's it's amazing. And I know friends of mine who flew to Glendale to take their kids, which is, I don't know, is that something like you don't have Taylor Swift fans as your children? So I, yeah. So I will say, first of all, you know, I think Taylor, Taylor does the most. And I mean that as a compliment, right? She's always doing the most. I think I was watching some interview with her and I forget where it was, but they asked like, what are, you know, how would you describe yourself? And she said, you know, I'm really smart. Like I work really hard. I want to be the best at what I do. And gosh, that is so admirable, right? Well, men say that all the time, but when women say that we are criticized for it, we are considered, it is, men are considered, that is confidence. That is sexy. (laughs) That is, they're driven. When women say something like that, we are difficult. We are conceited. We are, you know, all of the things. Overly ambitious. I love how ambitious is a bad word for women. For women. She's certainly ambitious. She is hardworking. She celebrates that about herself. And I think the show is probably a reflection of that. And, you know, I, I wish her well, because that has got to be taxing. Right. But so you come from the music business. I mean, we've seen artists, we've seen it like even, you know, she brought out her best friend, Selena Gomez, who's Mm -hmm. incredible. Selena Gomez, uh, now the most followed woman on Instagram with, she already was, but 401 million people follow her on Instagram. Think about that. Think about having like in a day and age when we would have, you know, the old school movie stars and the most like, you tell Cary Grant you're going to have 401 million people following your day-to-day stuff. It just doesn't is make sense. Is she active? Is she active on it? She is. She is. She goes off on periods, but that's my point is that right. Selena, who has been very public with her battles with mental health, had to cancel her tour. It was too rigorous for her. We've seen Justin Bieber, not related to his breakup with Selena or anything, but has mm-hmm. had to cancel his tour. It is, you know, I mean, there's some belief that Michael Jackson, who was supposed to do 40 shows with this like intense, like he worked himself to death. That's ultimately what killed him. This is taxing. This is, you're talking three hours and 15 minutes of, of, and it's not like she's just sitting on a stool. She is running around dancing, doing, you know, uh, special things like diving under stages, doing the most, doing (laughs) the most. And she's got months ahead of her of this. Is this sustainable? Does this, I mean, if anyone can do it, I'm going to bet on her. I do not have Swifties in my house. I know so. you have a 12 and 13 year old girls who are incredibly uh, connected right. to pop culture. They don't, they're, they're not, not Swifties. They're not Swifties. That's so, so I guess I dodged this bullet, but. Well, it's, it's meaning that you don't have to spend all the money on the tour. Meaning I don't have to spend a, a fortune tour and go drive to Tampa, I think is where she's going to be. But um, you know what? The day ain't over yet. So we'll see what they come home, they come home with. I know there's a lot friends. of time between all their now friends are going. and the end oh, yeah, of tour. Yeah. Well, who do they I listen to? You know that I don't even know. I don't even Mirabelle know. Mirabelle likes like, like hip hop because she dances. Mirabelle likes hip hop and she likes anything that's on like TikTok that she accesses vis-a-vis YouTube. But they're not like super into music yet. Which is so interesting considering weird, who their mother you know? is. Well, what do you mean? That's exactly why. Because they're trying they're to like, be like, oh, you're whole you're they're trying to not be like me, right? That... I'm not cool. I'm not cool. So anything that I've done is it's not cool. So any sort of know. all of the cool music that you've no. been a part of, they don't want to have yeah. any part of. Nothing. No. 
Interesting. I guess that's the key to parenting. That's how it goes. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, I have to say this is, you know, we're going to hear a lot more. I mean, Glendale became like Swifty Town or yeah. something like that. Yeah. And yeah. Um, all the road signs on the highways were being cute using, you know, Taylor Swift quotes. I mean, it is a phenomena and it's Taylor unbelievable. Swift economy of a city. It's the, awesome. And the amount of money. Uh, it, that is being made. I cannot even imagine. I mean, forgetting the ticketing alone, just the merchandise, the all of it. It's just hotels, restaurants, everything. The swiftification of that local economy. Right. I mean, mm -hmm. unbelievable what she's doing, and and places like Glendale, Arizona, I'm sure, just are benefiting greatly. It's mm -hmm. incredible. Are we going? Are you, is this all to tell? I do us, tell think me that we're going. I do think that we probably we probably have to go. I, Do I need to tell my family? I'm like, I, I, I have a work thing. I got to go. The thing is, yeah, you're going to have to tell your family you're leaving again for a fun event with me. But the thing about it is we need to do it. So we've talked about it and I've, I've let it percolate a little bit more, but we went to the last show of Harry Styles. So he ended up doing a few more shows because oh, yeah. they had been canceled. But really the effect of last day of his tour before he did the re the redates. Um, and that was in Los Angeles. And we had been inundated with this tour via TikTok, via Instagram for a year, basically. So it's like dance, every dance. single thing, his every nuance, every move, every nuance. We knew it already. We knew it already. And so by the time we were sitting there and it's like, I was like, yeah, I've, I've seen it. I mean, we had unbelievable tickets. I'm so grateful. We saw all of it, but his little shimmy in the back and his, how he was going to communicate with his fans and talk to yeah. them and his little wink. And we'd seen it all. So we were like, okay, it was fun. But like, we have seen this for years. So I think what we need to do is not wait till the very end of not, this tour. Or not, or completely disengaged from social media. Well, that's not going to happen for me unless the government forces <laughs> the hand. And that's interesting because another big topic is obviously TikTok. And I said this in the newsletter this week. And, you know, I mean, I am a big lover of social media. It is obviously I wouldn't have a pop culture newsletter or, or a podcast if I didn't. I love all social media platforms. I am particularly passionate about TikTok because I think it's so interesting and, and it's not based like Instagram and Twitter is based on sort of who, you know, and either, you know, and Twitter's trying to move away a little bit from that. And I guess even Instagram with reels trying to be TikTok, but TikTok was never about who, you know, it was what you liked, what you were interested in. They're able to track the, the algorithm is incredible. So if I spend a few more seconds watching dressage horses, then I'm all of a sudden going to be <laughs> which I'm not being, being <laughs> force fed or fed dressage horses and then horse content. And it's really, really smart. And it, so it was about discovery. It was not about like, I, it doesn't even matter who you follow because the people that you like are going to come up in your algorithm anyway, but it also teaches you new things. I will say, and I have tried, so this is my own home experiment to sort of get the algorithm to deliver me bad things because I wanted mm. to see how it works. I have never, not once, even trying search like sex or whatever, those are all banned terms. So I have never been delivered sex or any sort of sex, pornography, sexual content, hardcore pornography, softcore porn, nothing. I've also not been served hate. They may show a hateful video, but then it's, it's overlaid with people trying to, that that video has been taken down, but they've saved it so they can showcase these people are terrible people. These people are mm. not to be. So I've never been, um, and, and 
And then the hateful comments, like bullies on the comment section get pushed down. So when you first see, so it's only the positive that, so they're so Mm -hmm. clever and able to identify negative comments that they usually get pushed down in the comments. How do we apply that to every other platform? What I'm trying to say is like, I understand the government is all upset about China and Chinese may be spying on us. I don't care. You walk down any street in England, by the way, and they are capturing you on CCTV, every aspect you pick your nose, somebody's watching you. It is, it's, (laughs) you are completely, we do not live in a world where people are not familiar. Everybody has my IP address. If I start searching inappropriate terms in Google, it will be alerted, right? It's there's, there's, everybody is watching. It's called the panopticon. What is that? All seeing eye. What the fuck? (laughs) This is like, by the way, I have something to admit. I have something to admit because this is a new thing you taught me. I had no idea that, and this I learned with, with Brit. I had no idea guys that a prune was a dried apricot. Is that right? A dried no, a plum prune is a, a plum. plum. Sorry, a dried plum. <laughs> an a dried apricot plum. Is, a, is an apricot. Okay, <laughs> but see, no one told me this. How would I thought a prune was a prune and a plum is a plum? Nobody like what's I know. A, hey, what's a raisin? So I also this is so fucking embarrassing. Guys, I'm 40 years old. I also did not know a raisin was a dried grape. I did not know why don't they just call them dried grapes? So I thought raisins grown were like raisins. Like you grow raisins. And also, it, also your mom told you eat all your raisins because. It took so long to, to pick all those races. <laughs> she talked about how hard You're it just was following to... instructions. So no one so I've obviously known that a pickle is a cucumber. I mean, who doesn't know that? Let's be let's like, come on. I when I knew. But a prune, why would they call it a prune? Why wouldn't they just call it a dried plum? No one told me this. So I have been thinking my entire life that a prune grew in a prune tree and a plum grew in a plum tree. Like, I mean, it's a miracle I haven't said to my landscape guys, like, can I get a prune tree? I just don't understand. You know, it's, the, the, the good thing is that, you know, even though we're adults, we still get to learn new things every day. Well, just so the there we go. Life. What was that word you used? Pomophakia? <laughs> the, the panopticon. Panopticon. That sounds like a, like a, it's like a, a Star surveillance. Wars movie. It's, sur- it's surveillance. Okay, Harvard. So anyway, I, it I, always I comes set myself up. up for that one. You did set but, that. Um, that is a Harvard thing to do. We're under surveillance. Constant surveillance is, I think, what we were saying. So I believe it's today, this, I mean, we're recording this earlier in the week, but when you're listening to this, this is Thursday, the congressional hearing with the head of TikTok. And I think all the news will be around that. And I don't, you know, there is a lot of talk. It started in the Trump administration and uh, Oracle was one of the the companies in in contention for buying the U.S. arms. So basically the U.S. government is saying you must sell off your U.S. uh, service. And that must be completely separated from the Chinese company of ByteDance. And it cannot, which they've tried to do sort of, you know, but ultimately they have an, they have an amazing U.S. team, but they report into China. So what the government is now saying, what they were saying in the Trump era and now saying again in Biden, which I think is ironic because Biden has embraced TikTokers. They've had TikTokers at the White House. We know a few of them. And now all of a sudden this like TikTok is bad. It's dangerous. They're spying. And maybe this is to do with spy balloons, all of that. Surveillance, surveillance, surveillance. And they are now trying to force the hand. I mean, lots of places are banning TikTok in the corporate setting. They are trying to say, if you don't sell this, then we're going to ban you in the US. We will see what happens. But where the fuck is the oversight with Twitter and Instagram? Because let me be clear, I think they are way more dangerous to children. TikTok is, there is an innocence still there. And it is like, not that 12 year olds, I don't think 12 year olds of any, uh, should be on any social media platform. I'll just put it right there. But Instagram 
and Twitter and main, and like, obviously kids are not met necessarily on Twitter, but I am still blown away by the shit and forget Twitter. This isn't even Elon's problem though. Elon has made it worse because he's gotten rid of all of the barriers, all the people that were working to protect, but yeah. yeah, I mean, even when my friends were heads of Twitter, this is still a problem. It's a big problem. I am, if I am not like, cause now it's a problem with Twitter because on Twitter, it used to be just the people you follow, but now they've, they've reverted to this sort of like recommended follows. So you have to move over. You have to manually go over to your followers that you're following. Otherwise you're being served tweets that they think you might recommend. And ever since that switch, I have gotten hardcore porn. I mean, horrible, horrible stuff, hardcore porn, like just immediately, like in my feed, I'll be sitting in a public place. And all of a sudden you just see a guy pounding a girl and it's so disgusting and I'm like whatever and then you report it I report and I block I report and I block every single time I get a thank you for reporting you know we've not deemed this a, a breach of our community or whatever you're like what the fuck and then Instagram Instagram promotes I mean like diet fads and horrible things like that. There has been sex on Instagram that teenage has girls. come up through teenage <laughs> girls. It's true. But then like Instagram, I've, I, there was a guy that reached out to me and I thought at first he was not telling me the truth, but it turned out he was, who had been in a relationship online with a woman he thought was me, not my name, but my image. And he found out that he had been for a year that he had been catfished by this person that was, all these pictures were coming. And so he'd done a reverse Google search and found that these pictures of me, the most offensive part was that Potato had been renamed Juno. So this girl, I don't remember what her name was, but she had this dog, <laughs> Juno. Bitch. <laughs> so crazy. <laughs> and so it was all of my pictures, pictures of you and me, you were rebranded, like Caroline in England. Was, How have I never heard this? Is, Cause this all happened last week and, and I put it up on, on Instagram. And so I reported it. And Instagram oh. came back to me and said, we do not see any fault in like, they didn't do anything wrong. And it doesn't violate their, their didn't their, violate yeah. their community's guidelines. And I was like, are you fucking kidding I mean, me? Sort of flattering though. You were annoyed slash flattered. No, I mean, it was Be scary. Honest. This guy was actually really <laughs> upset and he was really like, he was like, I'm in therapy and do you want to talk to me about this? And I was like, I really don't want to talk to you, but no. thank you for turning me <laughs> into this problem. This is not the first time though. And you see throughout, yeah. like people have had fake accounts, people pretending to be their name and they're still not going against the guidelines. So where's the government there? That's what I would like to say. Like TikTok is sending me pic videos of dressage horses dancing to queen and Instagram and Twitter are sending me like either copying me, taking my pictures and delivering hardcore porn. I, where's the fucking government? And like to say to the Biden administration and all of your like 85 year olds, please pay attention to that shit and, you know, get some oversight there. I would much rather be spied on by China. If I have to make a choice, they can have everything. <laughs> People can watch me. I don't care. I live, I live as I dream alone, but you know, you guys can all <laughs> follow me collectively. I don't want to be served the shit. I don't want my identity stolen. I don't want my pictures stolen. I don't want hardcore porn sent to me. I don't want abuse and hatred and anonymity. I just don't want any of it. And so she I just wants dressage. I just she want dressage, dressage to, you know, Freddie Mercury. That's it. What is, what is dressage, Brookie? It's fancy rich people sport. I posted this video. I that, digress. No, <laughs> I mean, so it is fancy horseback riding 
and yes. it's where very, they, the horses are very beautiful. They look like black stallions and they are very yeah. ornately, like their manes are braided and all of that. And it's, I think it, it's, you have to be an English rider. This is not country Western, whatever. And so mm-hmm. then it's an, it's this delicate sort of highly trained dancing of the horse where they do the sort of the legs go up the prancing and it's very technical it's very and and the rider is incredibly technical it's not jumping it's it's maneuvering it's like tap dancing with a horse and there is this horse that puppetry almost this horse glamourdale and his rider whose name i'm sorry i don't remember she's they are like the most incredible couple you've ever seen and i am now on i went from being on pedro pascal tiktok where every other tiktok (laughs) was pedro pascal to i am now on glamour Dale TikTok, which is the the champion dressage horse and his partner, and they are literally dancing to Queen. That is not an overlay of sound, and you have the audience clapping, and the horse is like on beat, like do do do. Another one bites the dust. I, and the, each, I just each, feel like Glamourdale is the greatest name ever. I know. And this horse is, it's what you imagine horses are supposed to look like. Just what, How much does that horse cost? Millions of dollars. That is, I mean, I don't know. What is the money you get out of dressage? I don't, I don't know, but. You, I don't think you get any money out. I just think you it's put all the money all in. the money in, which is why all billionaires' daughters are. Equestrians. You have Bill Gates, Bloomberg, you know, all of those, all of those kids are the jobs. They all live in Glamourdale. They live in Glamourdale. Maybe you (laughs) should rebrand the June to Glamourdale. Glamourdale Jacksonville. Glamourdale's not a bad idea. What was um what was our friend Jamie's recommendation? What was it called? Oh, it was Spike Club. The Spike Club. (laughs) That was actually my idea and he took it. Oh, he took it. Spike Club like, instead of... He so took it and he ran with it. Like yours, <laughs> you know, in the spite of... It was a riff on Curb Your Enthusiasm. Larry set up a, a spite business. He had Mocha Joe's and he hated Mocha Joe's. So he bought the store next door and turned it into Latte Larry's. And they're like, what are you doing this business for? He said, for spite. And so really, you know... Oh, right, Latte Larry's. Well, Larry was the first to open a spite store. He's since started a trend here in Hollywood with other celebrities following suit, like Jonah Hill, who's now operating a Spite Deli. So, you know, I used to go to Irv's Deli right next door two, three times a week, and I found a hair in my sandwich. And this guy, Irv's, going, oh, it's yours. And I'm like, what can I do? You know, I, I, I'm taking four or five Ambien to get to sleep because all I see is this guy, Irv's face. But what changed? What changed was I had seen Latte Larry's. The idea of a Spite store is such a brilliant idea. I'm going to open a Spite Deli. And you're turning down acting and directing gigs for this. What's left for me in Hollywood? What, win some award or something, you know? Anytime I see a customer walk in here that used to go to Irv's, it's like my own tiny little human Oscar walking in here. The June is really my spite business. Just to really prove to my friends that I really like it to here. To spite me, Cece, <laughs> exactly. and Jody, that you are staying in Jacksonville. I'm staying um, here. It's my spite club. Okay, well, I hope that the government listening here, I hope, you know, if you want to call me. They're listening. At least China's I, listening. I know, China. China, I'm like, a, I'm all of a sudden not Chinese sympathetic. I'm not, I'm not at all. I've spent a lot of time in China. I'll never get over my experience in China, to be honest with you. But I just think the government should be looking into these social media apps in their own fucking backyard and maybe put some parameters on that. Um, and lastly, I want to end before we do the merry make out and mute 
Do you have any terms that your kids use? So one of the things I learned, uh, yes. like well, I put in the newsletter this week, drip, which a lot, I didn't realize that my friends wouldn't know what drip was. And then, you know, I was able to explain that it, what it, what it was. And, but are there other terms like are terms? Yes. What are the terms? Oh, there is. Oh my God. I'm totally, totally blanking on this now. There was one, they do use drip by the way, they do use drip. And there was one the other day and I don't remember, but all I know it was, I wasn't using it correctly and they mocked me for the rest of the day. And I tried to use it in a sentence and they would call their friends and like say, oh my God, my mom just said whatever the word it was. And I would hear, you know, laughter from their friends in the background about how uncool I was. So I don't remember. Because we've gone through the terms. We've gone through terms uh, here before. There was chuggy, which did not last. That hasn't really stayed. Oh, I like chuggy. I, I like chuggy. There was OK Boomer, um, yeah. you know, which we like. There's uh, there's some terms people, somebody came to me and said like, vibe means something different to this younger generation than our generation. Does? What does it mean? So it, cause it's, it's, but it, 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 the word vibe as opposed to vibes or vibrations is used commonly today. Okay. If we want to get technical vibe can be used as both a noun and a verb. When it's a noun vibe describes the distinct emotional impression of a place gathering or even a person. So it's like, you know, the vibe is That's off. A, yeah. It's the vibe. feeling yeah. you get after you leave, or you can say it's a vibe referring to a specific a and emotional, I but I, I think they use it. Sus isn't one that everybody's been asking about. People That's say the one sus. That was the one. No. That was the one. And how, how are you using it? Probably incorrectly. What's the definition? It's like it's shortening. It's like they're sus, sus, like suspicious, but like. Suspect, you, suspect, yeah. Yeah, that kind of thing. But you can't quite identify I why. don't know. I didn't, they were just like, oh, mom, you're, you're such a dork. I mean, I don't know. They didn't say dork because that's an old term too. But I mean. That was the one. It was sus. It was sus. There's it was tea. There's. There's some that I've not heard of. Have you heard of Damn Gina? I didn't know that. I don't know. There was Yeah, well that's from Martin. But, but see, what I didn't does know that. So it is from Martin. Damn Gina, look at yeah. you. It's a throwback to Martin Lawrence's 90s sitcom Martin in which he regularly used the phrase. Yeah. Um you use this phrase if you're either surprised by something or want to express approval. Damn Gina, look oh, at you. The 90s are back. Okay. Damn Gina's a good one. <laughs> Salty Salty means what, like pissy? The actual definition of the word can be used to describe something witty, racy, coarse, and humorous. If someone is acting salty towards you, but that doesn't feel like a kid thing. Then no, let old. me just end up. Let's end here. Yeah. Woke. Yeah. And woke. Woke. And I talk about it in the newsletter. It actually stems back from yeah. a Jamaican sort of Marcus Garvey. Marcus Garvey, exactly. And he used that at the turn of the century in a sort of wake up Ethiopia, wake up Africa, mm -hmm. wake up. And it's turned into and then became a, a sort of Erica Badu and others used it, I think was it was in their in their music mm -hmm. in the 90s yeah. and whatnot. And you know, we, I think you and I can define what woke is in the best of ways. It shouldn't be weaponized, but we can, but every, not everybody can, <laughs> but the people who are anti-woke can't because it makes them look so terrible. So if you're criticizing wokeness and you're interviewed and what does woke mean to you, you would naturally say, well, woke means that you're enlightened and able to see that all people should be treated the same. And you're feeling aware of other people's you're feelings. Aware, and so, you're aware. And so you're how aware. do you say the negative of that? You can't, which is why this bitch could not explain for three minutes. <laughs> would you mind defining woke? Because it's come up a couple of times that I just want to make sure we're on the same page. So, I mean, woke is sort of the idea that um, I, 
this is going to be one of those moments that goes viral. I mean, woke is something that's very hard to define, and we've spent an entire chapter defining it. Um, sorry, I... It's, it's hard to explain in a 15 second soundbite. By the way, she was not being interviewed by an antagonist. She's interviewed by somebody who is of the conservative belief and was yeah. in her corner, but was like, well, what, just tell us what you mean by woke. And she couldn't do it. And so, you know, it, <laughs> it, it, glitch. there was a glitch. There was a glitch. There was a full on glitch. It's yeah, it's a term that's been co-opted and, you know, weaponized. Yeah. But- yeah. Well, okay. So do you want me to start with Mary Makeout? Yeah, because I don't know. I got to think about this one for a second. Okay. okay. Go ahead. I would make out with all of Taylor Swift's outfits. I think the costumes were amazing. She has couture clothes. They are beautiful. They are, I mean, you think about how we grew up. I mean, I grew up listening, going to Guns N' Roses concerts where they would be three hours late and show up in a ratty t-shirt and jeans. Granted, rock and roll different than pop, but it's a spectacle spectacular. And those costumes, outfits, whatever you want to call them, like I wish I could have them in my, like just in my closet for any rainy day. I mean, they are sequenced. They are gorgeous. They are fitted. They are beautiful. They have one leg. They just, her whole thing. I'm not going to look because I want to be surprised yeah. when you take me I, to the Taylor Swift. I know, it's good. It's true. <laughs> it's true. I will marry, I referenced this before, but Pedro Pascal is still very much my TikTok feed. And he's now come back. The Mandalorian is back. We know what's underneath that mask. I... I had a dream about Pedro where I was sitting there, we were having dinner and I said, well, I know you're, you know, I'm not your type because I just, I assume it's not my business, but I assume he likes, doesn't like women. I don't, just because he's just too great. He's too nice. He's too sweet. He's too funny. Because he's we don't too, deserve nice things. We don't things. deserve nice things. I just assume he, he doesn't play for my team. But, and it was like the most natural conversation. He has impacted my dream. I I'm very sad that I don't have The Last of Us on Sundays on HBO. I feel bereft. I feel alone. I feel I've lost my North Star. I don't know what to do with myself on Sunday nights. Never I just, seen it. I'm just never seen it. Not. I can't talk to you about that. You also hadn't seen Independence Day. <laughs> I've never seen anything. I, I mean, have, have you seen anything. ET? I can't remember that. Have you seen ET? I have. Okay. I have. And then I would mute. Um, I would mute the whole conversation around wokeness. Like it's now become weaponized yeah. and it's so boring and nobody has anything new to say and the only thing that's interesting is when people have a glitch like this woman because she's an idiot I just this whole fucking the the trans stuff that everybody's all up in arms the banning fucking drag books, dra- books AP courses and, and anything drag queens <laughs> anything. I mean my lord so I would, I would mute a lot of things I would mute all of those people I'll mute the Donald Trump being arrested because it's just like at that oh, yeah. I'll also mute all of those fucking people that are like including space Karen, AKA Elon, who are like, you're just handing him the presidency or handing him the presidency. Like bullshit. All of you, let's just, you know, mute, 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 mute Trump. And that's, by the way, pop culture Mondays started in the Trump era. And I said, this is a safe place where we will not mention him. I don't care how many things were going on that he was in the zeitgeist of. We did not mention him. We were a Trump free zone. So I've already said more about him than I've said in all of the newsletters combined. And I want to mute all of it. Okay. I'm going to go with you on the mutes. I agree with everything you said. I would, I would make out with all that food at Hestia. I just want all of that in my mouth. Mm. Mm. It's so good. Except the row. Except the row, but everything else. And that 
chicken sandwich that we had the oh, next day. Oh, God. At Summer House. We went to a place called God, Summer House. That was good. We split. We had a couple yeah. glasses of rosé. And a, a Caesar salad, and we split a fried chicken That was the best Caesar sandwich. salad I've had yeah. in a long time. Oh, God, so I want to go back. Okay. I would just make out with that food. And I would probably marry Glamourdale. <gasps> and Glamourdale's owner. I think it's illegal in like 48 states, but it's fine. Well, I would say I would just marry Glamourdale, <laughs> Glamourdale's owner because I feel like... <laughs> I didn't say make out with Glamourdale. No, Mary. And by the way, yeah. But that it, horse it can dance. It seems like a nice life. The horse can dance, and it feels like I, I like that life. I feel that it feels right for me. I want to live with Glamourdale. Back in the like rock and roll days when I was, you know, all over the place with rock bands, I would eliminate any guy that I was going to date if they. I just couldn't imagine them being cool like backstage at a U two show. I was like, they're going to be like complete idiots, so I can't date them. Glamourdale would rock the backstage of a rock show. Glamourdale would be oh, the yeah. hit. Like Bono the would beat. be in deep conversation with Glamourdale. <laughs> like it's all the Glamourdale passes the vibe check. Passes the vibe. Good use. Good yay, use. Yay, yay. You know, I still got it. I still got it. Well, you still got thank it, you guys for listening. I mean, honestly, Britt, I think we should just make this the regular thing because it's finding guests and all of that. It's really hard and people don't want to just listen to me talk, but people love you and me talking. So might make this. I have a, fans. Might make we this, have a report. I know. Liam Lewis, this. this one's for you. <laughs> thank you, everyone. And see you next Thursday on Pop Culture Mondays on Thursdays. Stay safe. Stay calm. We'll have a lot to talk about next week. And Britt, I love you. Love you, kids. Pop Culture Mondays.